Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings and welcome on WKOK's On The Mark live telephone talk show. Call us at 1-800-795-9565. This is Mark Lawrence, subpar host of the program. Did I cover everything? No, I didn't. Brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. Oh, I'm Joe McGranahan, your co-host. Brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. Great family-owned dealership since 1915. Fourth Street in Sunbury, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Check them out at www.sunburymotors.com. You don't have to say www. anymore. You don't? Nope, we're done with them. No more W's. No more W's. As long as you say the .com, the W's are implied. Well, how about that? An implication. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. 1-800-795-9565. Hold on to that number. You're going to lead it shortly. Yesterday, uh, Joe and I started to talk about the fact that Joe knows nothing about the affordability, that quality. That was not what we were talking about. We were talking about whether or not we throw money at a problem or whether or not we ascertain how the problem is created, what the extent of the problem is, and then what is the best solution for the problem. On the topic of daycare, availability, affordability, and quality, uh, Build Back Better has more funding for daycare. Care and the current tax credit that uh, families are enjoying also has funding in it for daycare. Uh, Joe said we need to do more studying before we determine the need, but I'm here to tell you that uh, a lot of studying is already done and we already know a lot of blatant needs and a lot of people are on board. If you don't mind me characterizing what I said for myself, what I said well, was you the mischaracterize the what you said. <laughs> no, you why would I do that? You clean it the up. The federal government wants to give money for child care, but they want to do it by extending the child care credit. The question is, will that solve the problem? If the problem is scarcity of available daycare slots, that isn't going to solve the problem. We have on the news line with us now Art Thomas, chairman of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce. He's president of MECTAC and Diversified Construction. He's chair of the Early, Early Learning Investment Committee around here. And He's been helping to study this and to push for positive changes and to help uh, get to daycare as a real brought-up topic as it relates to businesses, whether it's the wages that the daycare workers get or the availability. Art, thank you so much for calling in today. Yes, Art. Do we throw money at this problem, or do we try some other way to solve it? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, good morning, guys. Um, you said I've been helping study. I really haven't been helping study because, you know, I try to do things that I'm trained for during the day, but what I am on board with is advocating for increased public spending for quality early learning. And uh, let me just start by giving you guys a little bit of trivia you didn't ask for about me. When I was a toddler in the late 60s, my favorite television program was Flipper. So naturally, I was a Miami Dolphins fan, and uh, the 72 Dolphins were my team. Greasy, Zonk, Kick, Warfield, at 53 defense with Bob Madison. And, of course, they cleaned up the Washington Redskins in the Super Bowl that year with Sonny Jurgensen, Billy Kilmer, and George Allen. But the, the Redskins, they uh, 
they continue to proceed. They've always been a tough opponent into the mid-'80s. They won a couple, couple Super Bowls. There's a lot of people around here that still like the Redskins, but what's that you say? We're talking about early learning today, and what's Art doing talking about the Redskins? And, oh, yeah, by the way, we don't call them the Redskins anymore, do we? We call them the Washington football team, and anybody that calls them the Redskins are either being defiant, sarcastic, or uninformed of the change that has taken place. And I would apply that little bit of information to those who still call things daycare. Uh, if, if someone's calling daycare and if somebody wants to call in today and talk about daycare, I suggest to hang the phone up and listen a little bit longer and do some research before they call in and talk about daycare. What we're talking about today is child care, and quality child care is quality early learning. It's uh, degreed professionals taking care of your child, not taking care of the day. Uh, and that's a very important thing for people to understand. It's not what it was 60 years ago, 50 years ago. We're not putting sheep in the cage and letting them just do their own thing. We're trying to train them not only their ABCs and 123s, but social and behavioral education so they know how to grow up and they know how to communicate in society. And with our society shifting over the last 60 years from the greatest generation's kids celebrating life and raising their kids uh, and mom being at home, my mom was always home. She was proud to be a homemaker. And when I'd come home from school, come home from sports, come home from anything, warm meal was waiting for me. And we'd talk about school, we'd talk about the day, and I thought that's how everybody grew up. And, you know, like anything else in society, uh, if most of society wants marijuana to be legal, uh, all of a sudden our laws adjust to allow marijuana to be legal. And if all of a sudden over the course of 60 or 70 years both parents need to work to make ends meet because we need an extra garage now for our toys, our four-wheelers, our boats, and our in-ground pool supplies, we have to both go to work and while there's still a percentage of people that, uh, you know, want to work hard and one of the spouses stays home and takes care of the kids properly, it's a smaller percentage. And society's got to adjust, unfortunately or fortunately, to the trends at hand. And right now the trend at hand is everybody has to work that can work, and that leaves the kids. And why are we taking care of the kids? And while you or I, on this phone call, might have the ability to, parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles, and, and, and take care of our own kids our own way, which we all know provides a quality early learning environment in itself. There's millions of people out there that don't have the luxury or the opportunity to find family members to do that. And um, I guess off the soapbox and into some, into some data, there's a lot of things going on out there, and the pandemic has really taken a fragile environment and just crushed it. Uh, hundreds, if not uh, several thousand, I think several thousand daycare centers, child care centers in Pennsylvania closed during the pandemic. Many of them didn't reopen. Um, some information I have here, you know, Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, has indicated that uh, child care worker earnings are in the bottom 2% of all professions, the bottom 2% child care workers. Who would want their children 
to be working for people who are earning the bottom 2%. But Art, what, what, what kind of qualifications are there for people who provide what we called in the past daycare and you now call child care? There are no standards, are there? Federal standards? I mean, there are standards for how the place has to be clean and how many kids there can be. But the training and the education of those who provide the service, there's nothing in the law about them, is there? Well, I don't know about the law, Joe, but I do know that uh, I've heard you talk about it on the program before. Pennsylvania has a STARS program, and uh, there are classifications and requirements for facilities to move up the STAR ladder to increase their STARS. And if folks are looking for, which we're promoting quality early learning, you need to have three and four STARS and a four-star system which requires a, a bachelor degree uh, teacher in charge of all this training. Uh, some facilities are not even one star. I guess in the last year or so they've made it that all facilities that are registered are at least one star trying to promote uh, for them to grow. But to grow in stars means they need to get educated professionals in there with the qualifications of a degree, a bachelor's degree, to teach and to help teach the teachers and to help teach the kids. And bachelor degree teachers don't want to come in and work for $9 an hour sure. with no benefits. They're going to go where the work is. I don't blame and, them. I uh, wouldn't want to work for that right. amount of money either. But so then, so what's your? It's a headbutt. But so what's your headbutt, Joe? What you're going to have, though, Art, isn't it? If if the system exists as it is currently, you're going to have uh, some schools with a lot of stars, and the kids are going to get wonderful care, and they're going to learn. And then you're going to have other other places existing that have one star, and basically they're warehousing the kids. So how is that any different from what we what we have had in the past 50 years? Well, what we have, right? Well, how it would be different is there would be increased spending, and that increased spending, I'm the first to admit, is going to require taxation. It's going to be part of this trillion, multi-trillion-dollar plan everybody's been talking about. And don't get me wrong, I want it, I want the world to know. I don't mind letting the world know that I'm not in favor of the Build Back Better plan in its entirety. But I'll take one piece of it any day, which is increased spending in quality early learning so it's going to be a requirement for increased spending so that all the facilities or at least a greater percentage of the facilities have quality learning opportunities for more kids all right what's the crucial connection between business growth and sound businesses operating efficiently and functionally and child care well there's a very recent survey in 2021. It was a survey of both the Pennsylvania State Early Learning Investment Commission working with the PA Chamber of Business and Industry, and that survey found that 54% of employers in Pennsylvania attribute child care issues as a primary reason they lost employees during the pandemic. Most of them offered some type of child care support but not sure if they will continue. So we've, we've heard so much about workforce lately, and it's real. And a lot of people, as a result of the pandemic, have left. And 54% of employers say that they've had people leave primarily because of child care issues, not having anyone to watch their children. Uh, so with the closure of facilities, 
Let's see what else I can find here. Well, real quickly, uh, the, the worker mm-hmm. shortage is a fact. Daycare is a factor in the worker shortage that we keep talking about. And, of course, uh, Bob, if he were here, he'd say, hey, Mark, don't forget to mention the 62% labor participation in the U.S. Child care is a factor in that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> another survey done by uh, Pennsylvania uh, United Way, the state-level United Way, uh, worked uh, it, they surveyed Alice families and Alice's asset limited income constrained yet employed and Alice f- households are households that earn more than the federal poverty level but less than the basic cost of living and Alice families pay 21% of their survival budget for child care and the federal government says that it should only be 7% of a budget if you're looking at numbers like that. And 82% of Alice families surveyed and 79% of non-Alice families surveyed reported some concern with child care due to the pandemic. And almost 50%, 45% of all families with children had to adjust their work lives to accommodate child care needs. But isn't the basic, so is, isn't the basic yeah, problem here the fact that if parents are going to work, they need some place to put the child. Now, ideally, it would be as you describe it, but if it can't be that, it has to be something, right? Yes. So the question becomes... It's going to be... It has to be something if both parents are going to be able to work to sustain their lives. Okay, so what is the problem then? Is the problem the availability of spaces or the fact that parents don't have enough money to pay for it? You know, regardless of the quality, we're not not talking quality now. Our discussion started yesterday based on what the issue was. Is the issue that there are not enough spaces or the parents don't have enough money to fund it or to fund their kids' participation in anything? Uh, Unfortunately, it's both, Joe. It's both. There aren't enough spaces because everybody has waiting lists. Everybody had waiting lists uh, prior to the pandemic, and now those waiting lists have grown longer. And... People who would like to have child care are on the waiting list. There's other people that don't even get on the waiting list because they can't afford it. So it's both. And we talk, we've been talking about child care, you know, pre-K, universal pre-K. We're never, ever going to be able to uh, solve this problem until pre-K becomes subsidized federally and at state level just like K through 12. And that's just for three- and four-year-olds. Or, I'm sorry, yeah, three- and four-year-olds. Younger than three, the, the, the situation continues. What, and you said forget about quality or for this part of the discussion, but we are talking about the need for quality early learning, both at the baby, the, from childbirth, through pre-K, into school, so that we can continue to be competitive in the global market. Okay, well, it's what, become a global market. What's going to stimulate the additional uh, spaces that we need, uh, that you say we need, what's going to stimulate that? Is it the fact that the federal government is going to throw money at it and hopefully people will start start a, a, a program of some sort? And if they do, aren't they more likely to start at the lower end of the scale and then try to work their way up from one star to five than it is that somebody's going to open up a five-star place right away? Yeah, I'd say that the politically incorrect way of saying what has to happen is the federal government has to throw money at it. Yes, they have to throw money at it. And the ARPA, you know, the American Rescue Plan, 
that was put into law in March is already doing some of that. Uh, they're increasing the subsidies to providers. They're giving them some one-time grants. They're helping them with rent, insurance, equipment, and supplies, and that's already come out of the ARPA plan. But as always, unfortunately, there's so much need for more. Well, and we see lots of folks are advocating the same thing. How much child care relates to business and, and business is thriving. We heard from Kendra Auker in recent years about this and the folks at Wise Markets, including Norm Rich, who's on the, the Pennsylvania Early Investment uh, Le- Learning Commission. And, of course, Jay Donald Steele is uh, part of this, too, from Norrie National Bank, making sure that the folks in Harrisburg and everybody who's associated with knows about the crucial connection and really what is a really critical constriction in learning and in business availability. Art will give you an additional remark, anything add to, to add about how this business and, and child care issue uh, correlate? Well, unfortunately, uh, business businesses are getting hit in the face with this, and they're uneducated as to how they can help. Businesses are suffering because of the lack of employees, but they don't know what to do. And there are options out there. There's all kinds of things. Now, many people, because of the pandemic, have already moved to flexible schedules, but businesses also don't really know what their employees' childcare needs are. They don't know. They need to actually ask their employees, do a little survey in-house. And if you're a small business with 10 people, it means walking around from desk to desk or call them into your office, find out what are your needs. And you can give them flexible schedules. We've learned in the last two years you can do that. Uh, you can do dependent care flexible spending accounts. That, all you got to do is talk to your accountant to figure out what you need to do. How about child care vouchers, tuition assistance? You know, in the last 10 years with cell phones, the way they've become an obvious appendage of our body, so many businesses give out uh, cell phone stipends, you know, $50 a month cell phone stipend because we don't want you on our corporate account because you use your phone for personal, but we know you use your phone for business too, so we'll give you $50 a month cell phone stipend. Well, what about $150 a month child care voucher? Now, I'm making it sound like the businesses are billionaires and they can afford doing this, but yes, prices continue to rise, the economy continues to grow, competitive needs are out there for benefits for how are you going to draw that person to come to your business instead of four other businesses that are competing for that same employee? Well, if they are a family person with some kids, you might be able to give them a child care voucher. Uh, there's, you can work out contracted slots with the local agencies that your business has dedicated slots that if your people come to work for you, there's a guaranteed spot where they can have their kids go to child care, whether it's paid for 100% by the employee or with a partial stipend from the business. So there's, there are options. They're not easy, but there are options out there in the State Early Learning Investment Commission. You mentioned Sarah Lover and Norm Rich, and Don Steele, myself. You can give us a call, any one of these people a call, and we can put you in touch with the right people that can help you if you're seriously interested in providing some options for your employees to help them get through. 
All right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for your time. Nice I'll art. let you get back to your super busy business there. I know you have a busy <laughs> time. And uh, thanks for all you're doing around here. We're going to keep addressing this issue in 2022, so we'll keep trying to pull the lid off on this and see if we can open Joe's eyes. Thank you so much, Art. <laughs> thanks, Art. All right. Thank Art, you. Bye. Art Thomas, chairman of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce, president of MECTEC and Diversified Construction, chair of the Early Learning Investment Committee in our valley. That's a subcommittee of the Early Learning and Investment Committee. Now learned a fan of the Miami Dolphins. Right, yeah, lifelong fan. Good for him, and not the Washington team. All right, and a big fan of making sure that child care in business and in these conversations is brought up and talked about in its relation to Build Back Better and the child tax credit uh, all, all correlate. And so we appreciate that. We'll address this further in 2022. Joe will have to take that day off so he can stop, uh, so he can listen carefully and learn. All right, WKOK News time at 7:52. We take a quickie break. If you got a quickie call, give us a buzz, 1-800-795-9565. we got a room for a speedy dialer. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com and text us at 70236. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing, they can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. So if you're like me and still have some last-minute shopping to do, you need to check out Kohl's. I got my husband the green Fitbit Versa 3 for $169.99, found some great toys for 50% off, and got silver jewelry my mom is going to love for just $17.59. I even saved an extra 20% and got Kohl's cash. So I guess you could say I got everything just in the nick of time. Get it? Flex Styles. Ends December 24th. Price valid on green Fitbit Versa 3 only. Toys and Fitbit. Coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store or for details. Now at Banana Republic Factory, 50 to 70% off everything. Discover winter essentials, holiday party looks, last-minute gifts, and more from $14.99. Find your nearest store or shop online. Only at Banana Republic Factory. You know him as America's doctor. He's also a conservative Republican who's running for U.S. Senate. Listen to Dr. Oz. My parents came to America to find a better life, and they did. I attended great universities, became a successful surgeon, and invented a life-saving heart valve. I started a TV show to help you take control of your health and took on the medical establishment to argue against skyrocketing costs. Dr. Oz says big government liberals are destroying America with their response to COVID. Washington got it wrong on COVID. It took away our freedom without making us safer. Tried to kill our spirit. As a heart surgeon, I know how precious life is. Pennsylvania needs a conservative who will put America first. One who can reignite our divine spark, is unafraid to fight for freedom, and tell it like it is. Republican Dr. Oz for Senate. I'm Dr. Oz. I candidate for U.S. Senate, and I approve this message. Paid for by Dr. Oz for Senate. 
Hi, everybody. Steve Jones, Reginald Walker, Donnie Collins on Penn State football today, 3 to 5 News Radio 1070 WKOK. It sounded like he started that on a turntable, yes, didn't he? Does. The way the synthesizer sounded, but we know he didn't. Uh, let's see. Pick one of them, and then we'll All put right. Mike on the radio. Well, we have a Mike from Bloomsburg, and then there's a Mike from Bloomsburg who's waiting on the line. So we'll take the other call, other one instead. It says, it's the parents' job to raise their kids, not the government's. It's called sacrificing for your kids. If parents aren't willing to do that, don't have them. All right. There you go. Okay. Uh, Mike, go right ahead. Yeah, we uh, basically, we're going to do for child care what we did for the colleges. We're going to make it so affordable for everyone that it becomes very expensive again. And, uh, you know, you can see how this is going to turn out. It's going to turn out like every other thing that government at the federal level decides that they're going to solve. We're going to have expensive daycare centers or child care, whatever you call them now, and my guess is pretty soon they're going to be unionized, which is going to drive the cost up even further. And uh, the dues from the child care uh, union members will be going to the Democrat Party to give them the power to enact even more programs. Right now we have a federal government that spends hundreds of billions, if not trillions of dollars on our military. And I don't think that we could have a standing army in place that could stand off against either Russia or China if they had to. You know, so, yeah, we have all the greatest military weapons in the world, but do we have the fighting men if they were needed? No, the answer is no. And we have inflation running rampant. We've got skyrocketing murder rates in the, the blue Democrat cities. And now we're supposed to believe that they're in control of Washington. They're going to solve all these problems. And then finally, we have a party that puts people like myself down because we want our borders enforced. We want controlled immigration. We want immigration that helps the country. And to my knowledge, it's been put out that there's flights from El Paso, Texas to Scranton Avoca Airport, and they're dropping uh, you know, immigrants off. I'm gonna call them illegal aliens because to me, they broke the law to get here and they've been put into our communities. I believe they're even uh, coming to Bloomsburg. What's that going to do to the, day, the daycare or child care? You know, they have kids in tow. We're going to need extra uh, bilingual teachers in our schools. It's going to drive the price up there. So is this helping the country or just helping the Democrats gain votes? I don't know. But the idea that government is going to be the solution to every problem we have, it doesn't work. I think Reagan articulated that very well, and he proved it. And uh, I just want to say I'm not against uh, child care. But uh, I, I just don't like the idea that the government is going to, the federal government, all the way at the top, is going to come all the way down to the street level level here in little old Bloomsburg and say, hey, this is how you're going to run your daycare centers. This is the qualifications that your teachers are going to have. And this is the money that we're going to give the parents to give to you. And before that's all said and done, they're going to say, and this is how much the owner of this daycare center could uh, earn. Well, what you know, so, the, the other, yeah, the other issue control. has it worked in the past? Is it going to work now? The other issue, Mike, is that uh, what what skin do the parents have in the game? If if we do everything, you know, we're we make this free, that free. We're going to forgive your college loans. Uh, now that they've postponed, uh, well, what, what if the proper the amount that families were paying was the seven percent Art talked about instead of twenty percent? Isn't seven percent something? Like if you like of your total net assets, if you gave me seven percent, I'd be 
100000 heir. Isn't that something? I mean, that's a big proportion of your income for child care also. You're saying they have no, that's not real money well, no, for them? no, but let's look at it this way. Some people have one kid, some people have five. So who benefits most from the government's financing of, of these programs? The family that has five kids. So, all right, they made that decision. You know, <laughs> did they go. did they even yes. consider the Why fact... Why doesn't the woman keep her legs closed? No, go ahead and say uh, it. Did they even consider the go fact ahead. that they might have economic impacts far beyond those of other people. I got you. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Mike. I know you got he more to say. He always mischaracterizes what I say and makes it sound <laughs> no, very bad. No, I actually hear it loud and clear, and I read it back to you properly so that maybe you could understand what you're saying. All right. We're going to continue the child care discussion during the 9 a.m. hour. Stick around. We heard a lot thrown out there by Mike, and we can try to sift through some of that when we come back. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK. Okay, Sunday, WKOK News Time. It is 9 a.m. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email on the mark at WKOK.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board to the KOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe is here. He's a fabulous local conservative, but he's a natural born listener. He's learning a lot about child care. He is perfectly willing to accept that this is a big topic that needs to be addressed. So we're going to be uh, trying to do that in the year ahead. Well, there is that. (laughs) Okay, thank you. And uh, let's see. He was very glad to see yesterday on ABC that President Biden said that he will be running for re-election no matter what in 2024. Joe Biden couldn't run for anything. He may crawl for As long as he's healthy. Yeah, so Joe Biden's going to get his walker well, you know, out. The only, reason he, the only reason he's doing that is because if he announced that he, because of his age, he's not going to run, he would become the lamest of lame ducks. Of all history. Nobody okay. would pay any attention to him. As a matter of fact, I think you're well advised not to pay much attention to him now. All right, 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We'd love to hear from you. Our show is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915. I'll have more to say about them shortly. And the F-150. They put me in an F-150 yesterday. It is just a gorge. <laughs> you got to see this thing. Although it is quite the tuna boat. It is about uh, maybe a tuna boat? 20 feet You're long You're saying so. Sunbury Motor Companies would sell you a tuna boat? Well, it uh, has an 8-foot bed and double cab. Wow. It's uh, big. <laughs> it's long. <laughs> I parked it out by the dumpster and the back end is out by the towers. Okay, So <laughs> it's a big truck. But this is a work truck. This ain't a toy. This is for real real driving. So, all right, 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Uh, you can email us at onthemarketwkok.com. We talked a little bit about child care, and uh, Art Thomas very craftily correlated uh, the name change to child care and the fact that business and child care are integrally connected, and I think that's an important connection, and it is a big issue. There's lots of folks that, uh, as, as we heard in our good text message, they say parents raise kids, that's all there is to it, keep the government out of it, no subsidies, no tax credits, no uh, pre-K, no nothing. Let parents raise kids and uh, then send them to school and we'll go from there. Other folks say we really should address this. This is a national issue. It's a national business issue that we should be addressing. It's a national human slash family issue. So email at onthemarketwkok.com. Text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. Brief news headlines. Buffalo Valley Regional Police say someone's busting into vehicles out there and they mean busting into them 
Some of the windows were broken to get into vehicles. Others were unlocked. Computers, GPS, and cash taken from vehicles. They say, do keep your vehicle locked, but at the same time, don't leave any valuables at all whatsoever in your vehicles in and around Lewisburg. Current COVID surge continues statewide. Uh, Almost 10,000 new cases of COVID-19 in one day in Pennsylvania, 20,000 in two days. Uh, The state has reached almost 2 million cases of COVID-19. There were about 260 in the Valley. There's eight new deaths over the past two days as well in the central Susquehanna Valley. Well, as you would imagine, they would be. The state Republicans aren't too happy about the Democratic favoring map that's been drawn by the Legislative Boundary Commission. Our correspondent Mark Sims uh, says they held a news conference this week. Representative Seth Grove, who chairs the House State Government Committee, says while no map is perfect, he has concerns about the way Democrats did theirs. The RLRC map ignores the requirements of the Pennsylvania Constitution to create additional safe Democrat seats. Article 2, Section 16 of the Pennsylvania Constitution clearly requires that, unless absolutely necessary, no county, municipality, or ward be divided in the forming of districts. The map approved by Chancellor Nordenberg, leaders McClinton, and CASA openly violates this requirement in pursuit of a Democratic advantage. Grove says the Democratic map needs to be redone to ensure it meets constitutional guidelines. Mark Sims, News Radio 1070 WKOK. Associated Press reporting Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf vetoed a bill Wednesday that would have required school districts to post information on textbooks, course materials, on state academic standards online. The Democratic governor said the legislation politicizes what is being taught in our schools and that state regulations already require public schools to provide similar material upon request. Governor Wolf calls the vetoed bill's requirements duplicative and overly burdensome. He says, quote, this legislation is a thinly veiled attempt to restrict truthful instruction and censor content reflecting reflecting various cultures, identities, and experiences. My administration is committed to creating a safe learning environment for all students, and we will not take part in this dangerous and harmful imposition. The bill would have required links or titles for every textbook and course summary to be posted on district websites starting with the next academic year and they would be updated regularly. The prime sponsor of the bill, Dauphin County Representative Andrew Lewis, a Republican, called the veto an effort by the Wolf administration to limit parents' access to information they need to evaluate their children's education. The parties in both chambers were split nearly along party lines in votes on the measure. Republicans supporting the bill and Democrats oppose. Yes, let's keep the parents ignorant of what their children are being taught. That's a good way to go. Well, Thank you, Governor but Wolf, you could for already go to, You can go to Seals Grove School tomorrow and find out what your kid's learning. I can ask, right? They, they, it's available to me if I ask, Upon according request. to the story. Right. Then why not make it available generally? Well, it's duplicative. It's going to take too long. The governor It's not duplicative if I, if I can't get it anywhere else. If I have to go ask for it, and then you have to go ask for it, and then somebody else has to go ask for it, that's triplicative. What's the real reason? He wants to stop this CRT witch hunt and... He wants to be beholden to what? Teachers, right? Well, the teachers' unions funded his, to a large extent, his campaign. So How much of it? Uh, I don't know the exact amount, but I know that he, they were among his best donors. 
Okay. Both times. All right. 1-800-795-9565. We talked about child care, Joe, on the right-hand side. All right. Uh, one of our emailers says, child care issues seem like they're always going to exist. Since we recognize that fact, we need a solution based on facts. First fact, taxpayers are paying for public schools even after they have no child in school. Taxpayers are paying their city taxes, and these taxes never will end. Second fact, child care needs to fund itself. When we send our child to a private school, the principal said some people afford new cars every year. Our people buy their children education. It was $2,400 yearly for 12 years, and that was 20 years ago. Plus, we still paid public school taxes. I believe it needs to be up to the parent to pay their own child's education all through the child's life, not through taxes. The parents are responsible. Our local fire companies fund themselves. I have yet to see the state, local, or federal government step up to help them. Hate to tell you, but that's not true. Um, I can name you a number of municipalities in this area who fund their fire department to a certain extent. Shemokin Dam, we've levied a three-mil tax to fund our fire department. Right, and local um, and federal and state grants are available to right. fire companies. Right, so there's plenty of federal and local help and, and state help, too, for fire companies. Please do not lay heavier tax burdens on people. If anyone wants a program, figure a way to fully fund it. Thank you. Well, why don't we t- keep taxes? Why don't we lower everybody's taxes by 1% this year and 2% next year and fully fund pre-K and early childhood education and child care for kids? That would help businesses and help the whole economy and help families. It would help kids. You know, it's funny that Mike said that the U.S. Army is not getting any qualified young people who can run the sophisticated equipment, but at the same time, he wants no additional funding for early childhood education. Where does he think these 20-somethings started out? Well, I don't think they're going to be teaching them how to run the military equipment in pre-K, do you? No, but don't you think a leg up helps kids? Did you make sure that your grandchildren knew something before they came to kindergarten, or did you say, no, don't teach them anything, that's for school? No, we've taught the kids something, but we did it at home. Now, I'll admit, our grandsons have had the luxury of having my wife take care of them during their formative years. Uh, I pitched in when I can, but, you know, she's she's taught them to read, and she's helped them. She a Matter qualified fact, teacher? Uh, my son says that uh, my grandchildren talk like us because, you know, they've been around us so much over the years. <laughs> Poor kids. Oh, my God. But, you know. <laughs> but, again, the federal government's what going to What do you throw, think, little Johnny? Bah, the, humbug. The no. federal government's going to throw money at this problem, and that's all they're going to do. They're just going to assume that if they put the money out there, the problem will be solved. Okay. I think it needs more than that. All right. Well, if you are right, obviously that's wrong. The odds that you are right are infinitesimally small. No, the odds that you're right are infinitesimally okay. small. <laughs> and one, duplicative one, at the same time. One or the other, we're not sure. Dick, you're on the mark. Go right ahead. Well, I'll make this pretty quick, but I listened to the, it was Art Thomas yep. with his uh, salient points on but The only thing that kind of got me, he made one comment. He wasn't in favor of the Build Back Better except for the one program he liked. Well, you know, you'll find that from everybody. Somebody who isn't in favor of this or that, but they're, they, they're all going to have something they like in it, or most people, except maybe Joe uh, McGranahan. But like, my point being is, obviously, that's that's all well and good for him. If he got his program, the hell with everybody else's programs. That's kind of his attitude, kind of a cavalier attitude when it comes to that kind of stuff to me. Well, it may be cavalier, and it may be dismissive in your view, but the fact of the matter is he's a business leader. We asked him to call in and talk about child care no, as it relates I, to I, businesses. I so he I told us how bid, Build Back Better would impact businesses and extending the child tax credit. One at a time, boys. One at a time. My point is he does like one thing that he likes and hopes they could do that. That's my thing. And everybody's going to have a program they like. 
almost everybody, anyhow. So let's do Build Back Better all the way then, <laughs> so that everybody's I'm telling, happy. I'm not telling you that. I'm just telling you that when I hear somebody say they're not in favor of something, basically because it was a Biden idea, but I do like this part of it, so let's do that and let's not do anything else. That, to me, is just kind of selfish in a sense. But is it selfish to analyze the priorities and arrive at one that you think is overwhelmingly I'm, important? I'm not saying that's not an issue either. There's probably a lot of things I don't like in it either, and it's never going to pass. But I will tell you this, Trump spent money also. Yeah, like Every it was Republican spends money, they just don't like it when it says somebody else's program. That's why I'll never be a Democrat and never be a Republican, because they'll never get along with each other. Well, now, so I won't get along with any of you. Dick, <laughs> President Trump only added $7 trillion to the debt in four years, so that's not that bad. Uh, we're st- when he was there, we were still in our great-great-grandchildren going to pay it off. It's President Biden that put us in. Our great-great-grandchildren are going to have to pay it off. So give Trump some credit. $7 trillion is really nothing in Washington. Thank you, sir. Thanks for calling in. I I thought you were astounded, astounded, Dick, there for a minute. He didn't respond. Well, President Trump, look what he had. He had a pandemic and had a booming economy. Employment was at its lowest level. Black employment was at its lowest level. unemployment was at its lowest level, not employment. Well, thank you. That's what I mean. I think people would know that. So I I think the president had to borrow $7 trillion to keep that going, and he did, and I think it was worth it. Lance, you're on the mark. Okay, why, you know, the child is who pays for his free public education. If you look at it here, in our school district, tell the kid, assuming half-day kindergarten, till they get out, they have spent uh, 200 and about $40,000 at $18,000 a year, right? Now, maybe we're a little high. Now, it's going to take a while to pay that off, so I don't think anybody but the child should pay it. And I'm looking here at my school taxes. (laughs) Several years ago, we just paid more in school tax than what we paid for the property. And I'm sure everybody can say that. So that's who was paying. And that was to pay for my free public education. Now (laughs) we start putting this free free stuff in. So you're saying free is not free? Well, yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a good point. You know, and, and I think one of my points really briefly, and I'll let you finish here, is that is the money well spent? Yes, we're overtaxing people at the municipal, the state, and the county level, and the you know, federal level. Is the money well spent? Uh, I think some of it probably is. I think a ton of it is not. And I think early childhood education and child care subsidies for families so that families can work and help business communities is money well spent. And that's an excellent point. You don't need to raise taxes to help children and families. We're already paying a ton of taxes. You just have to reprioritize so the money's going to the right thing. Well, what's going to happen with uh, daycare is the same thing that happens with the uh, government anything, and that is they'll make it so expensive that only the government can provide it. And when they say cradle to gravel, grave, that's exactly what happens. And then we have what we have, which is total government control, cradle to grave, and whatever they want to make the uh, society is what they're going to attempt to make it. And that will not be good. It will not. So you wouldn't favor the child care subsidies that are being debated and uh, won't be extended because that is government funding. Families shouldn't be able to use that because that's government funding. The first two 
we look at why that is needed in the first place. And that is because all the government help, largely. Two big, I've said this before, of course, but the two big things that parents look at, and I know my parents did, was one, a good place for the kids to grow up, and two, like housing, and two, education. Now, government, by dumping in subsidies for all that, has made houses about three times what they're really worth. And an education that at one time, well, like, take a look at Bucknell. You take a median income back when I was college age in 1967, median income was 7500 bucks, And uh, tuition at Bucknell was 2200 so now that sixty-seven thousand is median income. To wish that Bucknell is fifty-eight thousand dollars, all because of the government, you know, borrow it from your rich uncle. I mean, back when you would uh, pick tomatoes, bus tables. Lots of my friends did that did go to Bucknell um, to uh, get your living expenses there, and the parents and the family would come up with the uh, tuition. But now what they sold the kid on, well, why do all that menial labor, you know? Why, when you get that big job with that sheepskin, <laughs> you can just zip that right out the window, right? Isn't that the way it worked out? Hmm? Well, there's another side to this, too. I mean, you, you look at what the government has done now, where, where parents do have a skin in the game, or the kids have a skin in the game, where they borrow money to get a college education, and now they have postponed again uh, the moratorium on making the interest pay, or the payments on those student loans until May. So basically, for the, about the last two years, people have had all this money they borrowed and haven't had to pay a cent on it and haven't had any interest accrue on it. And now the, the school is saying, oh, that's a good first step. Now let's cancel the debt. So now there are, and they estimate that that will cost over $1 trillion, averaging $50,000 per student. They estimate it would cost the government over $1 trillion. You know, this is the kind of insanity we've got going here. If you don't intend to pay the money back, don't borrow it. So because of that, we shouldn't help working-class families with child care? Draw the line no, between AOC and the families who are struggling locally. What I'm locally. saying is federal government, you know, they, have, they start these programs, and then maybe they start out requiring some participation from, the, from people, and then somebody says, well, let's uh, cancel that. And it's cynical to me because it's, it's saying, in effect, here's stuff that's free. We're giving you free stuff. Vote for us because we're going to give you free stuff. All right, we're not going to ask you to hold your obligations. Uh, anything else, Lance? Well, something to say here about the uh, national debt. Why, if the national debt would get to three or to thirty-three trillions, about that, that is the amount of money per person. That's a hundred thousand dollars, and in our school district, doesn't get you through the fifth grade. So. I don't know why we're worried about it, do you? <laughs> All right, we got you, Lance. Thank you so much for calling in. 
Yeah. Thanks, Lance. Appreciate that. All right, we'll take more comers. 1-800-795-9565. One of our listeners says, I'm so glad to hear that fire companies are funded by the city. May I ask you, Joe, how long ago did you start funding the fire companies with city taxes? They're not fully funded with city taxes, but they are funded in part. They get three mils of tax, and I think it's about five years ago that we did that, maybe six. A fire tax. And mm-hmm. and Davis. you're allowed to. I mean, under the borough code, a municipality, a borough may level a three mil tax, up to three mils, for fire protection. You know, so it gives the fire company a guaranteed source of income. It may not cover all their expenses, but it covers some of them. And then, of course, they many of them have social clubs and organizations that provide additional funding. Why should the government subsidize fire companies that have a restaurant or a bar? Aren't aren't you using government money? I mean, I'm using your daycare argument to say, aren't you subsidizing alcoholism by subsidizing (laughs) a fire company that has a bar? They have a social room that happens Ah. to serve alcohol, but they also serve food. So you say it's a, it's a complex issue and it's not can't be simplistically explained oh, away. Oh, it can be simplistically explained away okay. if that would make you happy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's what I thought. All right, we're talking about child care. Uh, Joe's here to tell us that uh, he loves child care, but make sure that his taxpayers, uh, taxpayer dollars don't go up so we can no, pay for it. I didn't say it, that either. And the government will misuse it anyway. I, that, that may well happen. That's name a me summary. One thing, okay. Name me one program that the government runs that's absolutely flawlessly managed. Man- uh, maintained. 1-800-795-9565. So that's the best you can come up with is our phone number? 1-800-795-9565. Joe asked the question, is there any government funding funded program that's running well? How about the Sunbury Code Enforcement Office? They're spot on. I'm talking federal government. Oh. 1-800-795-9565. Any federal government program that is running well? Joe doesn't know of any, but uh, maybe you do. Call us. 1-800-795-9565. Email us at onthemarketwkok.com. Text us at 70236. Any federal government program running well? There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark, 1-800-795-9565. we got one call ready and another one uh, being screened even as we speak. Upper right-hand corner, Joe. 
One of our emailers says, I'm a retired public school teacher and administrator. My district posted the curriculum along with each planned course of study correlated with state and national standards on our website. We monitored all website traffic. These pages were rarely viewed. Parents don't care unless there is something that is perceived as controversial. If you're thinking of critical race theory, there is no written curriculum available. CRT is a theory that is taught as a graduate school level in some schools of law as a component of civil rights law. Yeah, but part of the big lie is to extend it to CRT. It is being taught. You just won't tell us the truth. That's the other big lie. All right, uh, Tom, thanks for waiting a short time. You are on the mark. Yeah, you guys are all the time complaining about the government can't do anything right. And name, name me one program that the government runs right. Well, you know what? The government programs could run okay, but you know, you know who gets in there and and robs, and robs uh, the government programs? Crooks, civilian crooks. They're not in the government. Like <laughs> like the guy down in Florida. This Tim, what was his name? Tim Scott. Was a senator. He was. He was. He he ran the hospitals down in uh, Florida, and he was robbing money from Medicare and Medicaid. And what do the people do? They turn around and, and, and elect him the governor of Florida, and then they turn around and, and uh, now he's a senator. So, I mean, the, the people, the private citizens are the people that are, are uh, screwing things up for, for the uh, government. I mean, that's, that's, who's, that's, who's, that's who ruins them. Well, you just they said try it was to a... steal. They try any, anything you try to get. The government puts a program up. The private citizens will find a way, try to find a way to steal money from it. Well, isn't, it government's respons- isn't it government's responsibility, Tom, to police itself to make sure that doesn't happen? Well, they try. But people still get away with it. That's one of the problems. And I don't know, and I don't know any of these big corporations that run, that run good. They all run terrible. Read the first they all line run of terrible. This, they don't want to pay their employees. You just had this strike with Kellogg's for they were out in strike for what three months. Joe, they got yeah. enough money. Did they got enough money to pay their CEO? I don't know what he gets. He gets a lot of money. Hold on, Tom. And he Hold probably on has second. stock options and bonuses, and they can't even pay their employees. <laughs> Hold on, Tom. Now, Hold one on. of our one of our emailers says nearly one million, one hundred yeah. billion at a minimum has been stolen from the COVID nineteen relief program set up to help businesses and people who lost their jobs due to the pandemic. That's from the U.S. Secret Service. They said that on Tuesday. So there you go, Tom. That's that's a lot of money. Hundred billion dollars. Yeah, that's it. Probably what five percent of everything that existed. Build back or in the uh, stimulus packages. So I mean, the federal government likes to spend money, but they don't like to police their spending. Well, you know that they shouldn't have crooked people in there that they're, they're <laughs> oh, trying to steal the, money now from it either. They're now they're not sector. civilians. Now they are workers. The private sector is the one that's that that's robbing, and then a lot of these guys that are that are robbing the system, the people are so stupid they turn around and elect them. Uh, a governor of Florida, and then they turn around and elect him the, a senator. What? So, <laughs> well, What's that was that Scott, that Scott from Florida. What's wrong with these people? I mean, you know, well, you what, guys what, what the government can't. Well, I don't think the I don't think the private sector can do anything right either. If the, the private sector gets a hold of anything, 
first thing they want to do is they want to privatize it and they want to get a CEO and then they want to get a CFO and then they got to get a board of directors and they got to get all these people in there and they got to pay them all millions and millions of dollars and <laughs> Or they want to send they want to send their work overseas to be done by by uh, slave labor, and then bring it back, bring it back here so they can make lots of money on it, so they can pay the CEO and the shareholders and all this other stuff. So you know, as far as whether the government can do anything right, I think they can do it just as good, if not better, than the private sector, which is a total disaster, also. Okay, well, you're entitled to your opinion, but I think well, the, pro- that's, the problem... That's a, good, that's a good opinion. It's not even an opinion. It's a fact. You the, can't dispute any of that stuff. Well, Rick Scott, what, what his hospital company did isn't necessarily indicative of how he would behave as a senator. And, you know, there's margins for error there. He wasn't arrested or charged with any crime. You make it sound like he's a criminal. He should have been. Well, that's your opinion. But I'm what sure. You, other, what, you, what, what, what was it? What was it? Three hundred and some million or three hundred and some billion that he that he, he that he was stealing out of Medicare and Medicaid. He wasn't stealing it. He had a fine. They his company paid a fine of well, one point seven they, billion. They, they look for these loopholes, these people. They look for this loopholes. Try to find a way. You know, it's like NASCAR. They always trying to find a way to cheat. They look for this way to try to find a way to cheat. It's like the Patriots. All right, thank you, know, you so much, Tom. They always do that, so, you know, don't, don't want to hear this stuff about how bad the government's run. The private sector is run just as bad, if not worse, because they're electing these stupid crooks like this Scott from Florida, and there's lots of them. All right, we got you. You realize what you just said. Thank you, you John. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. They they elect these crooks. They, I mean, he did that circular logic. I wish we could go back to the tape immediately and hear what he just said. They elect crooks. What's wrong with that? He said that the private enterprises run badly because they then elect people who are crooks. Well. What's that got to do? We we the people elect folks, Makes not the perfect not the sense corporations. To me. Okay, Tom, call back later and say it more slowly for Joe. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. We're going to build back better when we return. Yeah. Is that well, techno country? <laughs> I don't know, Joe. All right. I'm a little irritated. You can't even change the batteries in your mouse without my help. Not my job. What? I'm the talent. Who's? <laughs> well, there's a government program that's out of control. That's not working real well. All uh, right. Here. We have a call from Mark. Uh, Mark. from Shemokin Dam. Thank you, sir. Thanks for calling in. Can you hear me? Yep. yep we can hear you. You're on the radio. Okay. I just wanted to help Joe out a little bit. I caught bits and pieces earlier. I just mentioned about the three uh, mills of fire tax that smoking damn levies on our residents. I just don't want people showing up at council meeting thinking that that money gets spent on uh, the social aspect of the fire department. No, it doesn't. No one no one said it did. did. No one said it did, Mark. Well, that was Mark responded to you about so you're supporting oh, yeah, people the alcohol. where they come and drink and get drunk. You're right. He did. So okay. <laughs> the, uh, the money spent on training, equipment, maintenance of equipment, uh, annual certifications of equipment, and all those expenditures are approved as they're submitted to Borough Council on a monthly basis. So just wanted to clarify that that's uh, 
none of that tax dollars is going towards uh, the consumption of alcohol or anything. Well, Mark, Mark always mischaracterizes what I, I say, so let me return the favor. He obviously he does believes that a lot, Joe. Yeah, he obviously believes that fire companies are nothing but a group of drunks, right? <laughs> <laughs> No, I was. Joe mischaracterizes what I said, so I was trying to be as kind as him. But I, honestly, I've had a up, good opportunity to talk to you. Is it your former chief, John Gray? John Gray, right? right. A, a, numerous occasions, and, and really, we, we, we're about one percent informed on what's going on in Shimoka Day. We're very grateful for the volunteer service and the municipal fundings. A drop in the budget, they should uh, in the bucket. They should give more. And I'm well aware that uh, the social hall is just a fabulous fundraiser, a hundred percent separate from the. Um, from the fire fighting funding that comes in from the municipality and any other source. Right. So, but Joe seems well, to think that child care and college are related. So I'm trying to say that everything in the world is not related. So. Oh, but I will say it's an encouraging. Daily Iding has been running a series of uh, articles on volunteer fire departments. All right. Area. Super. Okay. Good. I don't know if you recall, Mark, several years ago uh, when I was fire chief at Smoke and Dam we were working on regionalization and consolidations and you actually had interviewed me one time but yep. it's in, it's encouraging to see that some of those discussions are starting to finally happen in in the uh area surround surrounding area on the topic of regionalization and consolidation because I, I think it's definitely uh something really needs to be considered. Well, and one of the things you said then is that, uh, you know, one of the reasons we're considering regionalization or consolidation is because funding and volunteers are short. But you said, look, if we're going to consider this, let's do it for the right reason, that it's the right thing to do, that firefighting response might be shorter or that firefighter training might be easier or less costly. So, uh, you know, we'll have to try to keep that going, make sure that if there's a regionalization or consolidation or, you know, whatever, you know, perhaps even even closing a right. fire company somewhere that you're doing it for the right reason that you're you know you're still able to provide great fire service and that you'll enhance it with a a, a group. Well, setting. don't lose the sight of uh, what Mark called about, and that is that the funding from the taxes does not go to support the social side. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't have drawn that analogy. That was All a bad, right, fair enough, bad picture. Hey, Mark, thanks for your call as always, buddy. Take yep. care. See yep. you next meeting. You guys meeting. have a great Christmas. You too, Mark. Hey, you Take too, care. buddy. And stay yep. quiet. Bye. Stay safe. All right. One one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Chris is standing by. Good morning, Chris from Milton, PA. You're on the mark. Yeah, you do realize that uh, Biden's deficit is less than than Trump's from last year, and that the federal year doesn't really end until October. So they were really on Trump's budget, right? Well, Trump was the is is uh, you can't spell trillion without the T from Trump. There's no argument about that if you're talking about the debt. But uh, what is Biden's uh, President B under Biden's watch? How much has the debt gone up? Uh, it's gone down from last year. Not much, but it has gone down from last year. We've paid off some national debt. No, the 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 deficit. Has gone down. Oh, the budget deficit. From last I gotcha. year's deficit. I got gotcha. you. Okay, got gotcha. you. All right. What else, Chris? Thanks for calling in. Go ahead. Uh, well, it'd be nice if you guys worried about what the, is going on with the January sixth committee a little bit more, and about the, the what the Republicans are doing to the next election in Georgia. They've uh, had the state people, statewide people, take over the local elections. 
so that they appoint the people and decide where the vote. In one Georgia county, they've already eliminated all. They decide, oh, it's easier just to have equipment in one place, and we'll just have it in one place, and everybody can travel to vote further. Okay. Travel further. Right. Doing well, things like that. And then they're putting people in charge of... Uh, in 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 charge of the voting who aren't local people of counting the voting. Well, this is a part of a nationwide GOP effort to disenfranchise many, many, many voters who are well, primarily to Democrats. Well, control the elections and even the, oh, uh, subvert them. Exactly. Yeah, I I, I have and mentioned this. They don't seem worried about it at all. Well, we have mentioned who it. Who cares? What the, the heck? The sentence I've missed. Who cares about democracy? Oh, okay. We had Trump. We don't need one. <laughs> yeah, we just need Trump. And uh, talking about election, electing crooks and expecting a good result. How about Trump? He was a crook all his life. But not when he was in the White House. He was 100 percent on the up and up for, for <laughs> right, that. For right. That, for that short time. He did time. everything illegal then too. Yeah, boy. But you love him, so what the heck? <laughs> He's looking smarter every year. <laughs> to who? <laughs> to, to Joe. <laughs> to Joe, yes. I just, Joe took a while to come along, but he's full-blown Trump now. Mm-hmm. He even voted That's why for him. you don't talk about it on this show. He's so indignant, he's not going to respond. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we got. He doesn't to Chris. like to be on the record as being for him. He's just for him. I think he's probably said it a hundred <laughs> times. What do you like, Joe? The policies, but not the person, right? He's nodding. Yeah, but policies are the person in Trump's case because everything was personal to Trump. The right. Policies were personal to get back at his enemies. The part of the it was a hate democracy around the world and love dictators around the world policy. Gotcha. All right, thank you so much, Chris. Thanks for calling in. And it was separate children, parents from their children we, policy. That was intentional. That was absolutely intentional. They have the evidence now. That was intended. Well, if Joe were speaking, he'd tell you who but started that. But he liked that. that policy, too. <laughs> All right. All right. Have a good one. Hey, you too, Chris. Thank you so much for you, calling in. Bye. Very much appreciate it. Happy holiday. All right. 1-800-795-9565. Take a quickie break. We'll get Joe to stop fiddling with the mouse and to talk. 1-800-7... What are you going to say? Hit... All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Joe's tired of me mischaracterizing what he's going to say, so he's not going to say anything. All right, Congressman. Well, you Keller. know me. I'm garbage. Oh, jeez. Here we go. <laughs> I'll be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full, new, and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. 
we got three callers, so they're going to get about two minutes apiece. So let me expedite here. we got to talk about the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street, Sunbury, routes 11 and 15, almost wharf. They got me into 2022 Ford F-150 tuna boat with two rows of seats and an eight-foot bed. It's got an electric tailgate that goes up and down at the push of a button. In fact, you cannot run the tailgate by hand. You can't open it by hand. It's 100% locked, too, if you have some sort of a cover on the back, like a cap or a tonneau cover, and Ford sells tonneau covers, too, so get one of those. This is the new, uh, uh, Joe and I can't figure out what it is. It's called Guard is the color. It's got a little bit of tiny bit of green in it. It's more of a gray. It's like a two-tone gray, but it's like a three-layer metallic with the flake in it. It is a gorgeous color, and it's got carbonized gray accent, XLT chrome a package, 2.7 liter V6 engine, but you can get uh, a V8 in it if you so choose. And you can also get the diesel or the hybrid model, and this is a fantastic truck. This is a work truck. This ain't a toy. This is to haul the crew around. This is to haul tons of stuff. Uh, this is not an F1, F-250, but it is a 150, and right around, well, less than $60,000 is this truck. So check it out at the Sunbury Motor Company. I got to drive. <laughs> it is clearly the longest vehicle. Uh, by the time I got to work, the tail end of the truck was still at home, but I'll tell you what, gorgeous, gorgeous truck, and nice, powerful. I'm not used to V8s, and this one is, uh, it's quite the deal. So Ford F-150 at the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. All right, let's hit our callers. First is uh, Tom. Uh, you get 60 seconds. Go right ahead. All right, uh, oh, gentlemen, oh, just Tom, listening to your Tom. callers bring peace and goodwill uh, to your broadcast. Uh, it's hard to believe people think that, uh, you know, that the government is, is, is crooked, the politicians are crooked, the voters are stupid, <laughs> and government can do better than private sector. Uh, it's been a rough year. Uh, I'm hopeful that uh, our area will start uh, off with a good note. And uh, Again, what, what Tip O'Neill said is all politics are local, so it comes down to the individual and not the government. Uh, and I wish you all a, a very Merry Christmas well, and Happy New Year. Thank you. And you, you make a good point. I mean, it is you, you can't help... Um, that some people are going to be crooked, that, you know, that somebody's going to get into the government, somebody's going to, to waste taxpayer dollars. But it seems to me that they have all these oversight agencies in the federal government, and it seems like they ought to be doing a better job of policing how the money is spent. I don't think any of us, you know, really care about money being spent on worthwhile programs, but we don't want it wasted. And I don't think it's unfair to say that the government wastes a lot of money. It sure does, but it still comes down to us as the individual taking charge first on our on our local level and just keeping it going. Uh, I, I don't know if the term limits are the answer. I've always wished we had more of that, uh, and then it would force and hopefully, you know, uh, cajole people or at least uh, get people more involved and in wanting to get into the government and service. Good point. All right, Very we got you, Tom. Thank, Thank you. you so Merry much. Merry Christmas to you too, sir. Appreciate that. Uh, so what planet does Tom live on? Unbelievable. He really does need to do more research on the foe inefficiencies in federal and state governments. By the nature of the beast, it doesn't work. We need to have properties reassess. Oh, this is a separate text. Never mind. <laughs> Period. We need to have properties reassess so everyone pays their fair share in taxes, not just new home buyers, says Bob. That's why I generally do the reading. Right. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. What does foe mean? I, you mean well, I know, think, you know what that means? 
Well, unless he means false, like, you know, faux, a faux dress. Oh, oh a F-A-U-X. Bank, I got right. you. Excellent. That is probably what he means. Okay, got you. The false efficiencies. Right. Bob, go ahead. you got two minutes. Hey, uh, well, I was just calling. Thanks for reading my text. But uh, like I was saying is, you know, properties need reassessed. Everyone pays their fair share. That's how the schools and everything gets funded. So why should new homeowners and, you know, people that are purchasing their their homes have to pay a higher tax than anybody else and you know when it comes down to the fire companies i've said this for years i don't see why they don't make it mandatory that every homeowner has a fire insurance they should make it mandatory if you rent a property you should have to have fire insurance and you should have to pay uh the insurance companies and the insurance companies should pay fire companies for their services not get it for free because if the fire company doesn't go down and let your house burn down who's going to pay the money to you know build your house back the the insurance company so the insurance company would benefit by giving fire companies money so they don't have to pay as much money back and as far as shutting down fire companies I'm I, it happens, and it's the same thing with churches. People are not going to churches. So what did, what happens? Our church shut down because due to no members or no people going there, they have bills and they can't pay the bills, so they got to close the church. And the same thing with fire companies. They have bills, and if they don't have a revenue to make money, which, I mean, you can't just go out and sell hamburgers or hot dogs and expect to run a, a business, you know, unless you're McDonald's. But uh, anyway, wow. I just want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas, Happy go. New Year. Let's get uh, this COVID out of our lives and uh, build back better. Bring yep. America back the way it should be. Yep, and if President Biden has his way, we'll build YouTube back broke. broke. Thank Thanks, you Bob. so much. Yeah, enjoy your holiday. Well, and I think he said the Daily Adam did an article about fire companies. I would invite people to check that out because, uh, of course, we don't have enough volunteers. We don't have quite enough funding. Trucks cost a half a million dollars and up. And uh, and then in Lewisburg, you have the William Cameron Engine Company, which are their career firefighters. So as the funding is coming from taxes to pay for that. So And, of course, people can support them. And they have some volunteers. So... You well, know, do you realize I, if we if we had to pay for volunteer firefighting, how expensive it would be? I know in Chambersburg, when I was on borough council there, we had, and they still do, they have a paid department, but they rely on volunteers, too. So basically, for all the money we spent on fire service, what we were basically guaranteeing is we would deliver the truck to the fire. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we required the volunteers to help put the fire out. Yeah, a lot of people do that. And I know at Americas and Sunbury, they use a paid driver that often delivers the truck to the scene. And one of the Americas employees does that. All right, 1-800-SEP. Oh, scratch that. You're going to need that number next Monday morning when Joe is here. Uh, I'll, I'm taking three days off next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, spending some of the time so I can finally get a deer with a muzzleloader. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should be Santa. Uh, Carrie Albright will be here Monday, Tuesday's Peggy Chamberlain, and Thursday or Wednesday is Steve Kushaloff, and Thursday I will be back portraying a liberal on the radio once again. I wish everybody a super duper happy holiday. Uh, Lance, you get the last word. Okay. Well, you know, if our legislators would only exhibit, exhibit the financial expertise they apply in their own financial lives, we would really be good. 
mean, just think. Look at those ones there. They never made more than 150 or $200,000 a year in their whole life. They're there for 20 years, <laughs> and they're worth $25 million. Yeah, something's now, fishy that, there. That's good. And <laughs> also, I'd just like to wish Joe a very holly jolly Christmas. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you. We're alive. <laughs> and Merry Christmas, everybody. Hope you have a great holiday season, and I'll be back on Monday. Mark, you have a great Christmas, too, with you and your family. Well, thank you. You, too, enjoy. You have the most fabulous family in the world. I like them. And two great grandboys that just are f- wonderful. I'm getting all choked up here, folks, but please do enjoy your holiday. Tomorrow, a special presentation from CBS, It's a Wonderful Life. We started at 8 o'clock. It's from the CBS Theater. It's unmatched. This is WKOK Sunbury.